So I've had a bit of a health scare this week that I feel I need to tell our listeners about, haven't I? Have you? Did I miss that? Yeah, Dickinson's foot. (laughs) Sorry, you sprung that one on me. (laughs) I was in the shower. I was in the shower the other morning and um, I noticed this rash sort of on my big toe. I thought, that's strange. Looked at the bottom of my foot and my entire <laughs> bottom of my black foot is like this really deep kind of orangey red color. I thought, oh my God, you know, what on earth? I genuinely thought I had some life-threatening disease. <laughs> Scrubbing away, just oh dear. If, if I've been walking barefoot, you know, what what's going on here? It wasn't on my left foot, just on my right foot. Um, and I was, you know, I was thinking, whoa, what, what? You know, I was, I was getting ready to, to Google my um, my symptoms and all this. Anyway, I came down to you and I said, I don't know what's going on with my <laughs> with my foot here. Like, can you see this rash? And you immediately looked at it and thought, oh, I think I know what's going on here. Well, not immediately because it did look quite dramatic. I did wonder if you'd bruised it or stood on something. It was that sort of deep, dark, russety Do you want to explain brown. to our listeners um, how you can catch Dickinson's. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I got the giggles now. So um, I'm I'm one for, if I haven't actually got something to hand that I need to have to hand, I would just, you know, make do, make do amend, I think, really. So um, I am quite pale and um, I feel I look a lot healthier with a little bit of a tan. And I was putting my fake tan on, but couldn't find my mitt. <laughs> so I buy... <laughs> So I used one of Mark's socks to put my fake tan on. So I then unwittingly, this sock was just thrown back into the mix again, seemingly. I unwittingly wore this sock um, for certainly a whole day and was walking around in it and doing my usual day, um, all the while getting a heavy dose of fake tan on my right foot, which is still very orange as we speak. I don't know how long this is supposed to last. I, I- I think it's it's clearly a top tip for fake tan manufacturers that actually, you know, they need to add warmth and humidity and uh, contact with the skin to be able to really make sure your tan sticks. It was a nice colour though, wasn't it? It matched your face, I thought. <laughs> so the good news is, listeners, I, I haven't got um, a debilitative disease. I'm not facing potential amputation. Um, <laughs> I did... Uh, use fake tan with my sock so that was a scare this week anyway what have we got coming up for everybody in this episode um we have got wow we've got a brand new feature Oh, a new feature, feature for the podcast. This is called At Your Serviced, and we'll explain a little bit more about what that is going to be all about later on. But safe to say we've got a special guest on the podcast today, so that's really exciting. But also, we are covering our quarterly managers meeting that yep. we had last week when we caught up with Danielle and Jenna face-to-face, and we spent a good amount of time talking about our vision, our values, and our service. So we're yep. going to be talking about that. And we also talk about angel investors. Uh, We had an angel investor meeting, and uh, we're going to talk to you a little bit about how we use private finance to fund some of our property deals. So, as always, never a dull moment. Lots to cover. So, should we get into it? Let's do it. Okay, let's get going. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Winship. And my name is Caroline Winship, and together we run hotels and vacation rentals across the UK. With our team. Well, of course, with our team. We couldn't do it without them. And one thing's for sure, though, there is never a dull moment. Oh, you can say that again. 
Welcome to the Secret Service Podcast. Are we going with the Secret Service Podcast or Secret Service the Podcast? So we had our quarterly managers meeting this week, didn't we, Danny Yeovil? Yeah, we did. I actually sidetracked it a little bit in order just to test out the space, didn't I? Because we were holding it in the function room, Yeovil, yeah. um, because I wanted to test the kit and how everything sort of, how the workflow worked for the various bits of, you know, projection and everything else. So for me, it sort of was doubly beneficial because I was able to sort of see what we needed, uh, what we could do with tweaking in order to make it a really good uh, conference space for... More importantly, we tested the catering. And we tested the catering, so triply beneficial. So yeah, yeah which was very nice. So the catering that we might use for events, we uh, we got them to cater our meeting, didn't we? Yeah. And uh, they kept us well supplied with sandwiches and cakes. And yep. So that's Mort- Mortimer's Bakery from from Yeovil. So yeah, it was lovely. Really nice cakes and sandwiches. But yeah, we tried to catch up with the well. No, we do catch up with the team face to face because obviously we're all remote. Um, mm. Jenna and Danielle are both down in the southwest. We're obviously based in the Midlands at the moment. Um, so we do like to have a quarterly face to face meetup on top of all of our other online and well, we speak to them daily, don't we? Um, but this is an opportunity just to and I would highly recommend this for any small business owner. Yeah. Just to take a day or even a half day, just to take things out of context, get out of the office, get out of the house, whatever it might be, um, hire a room if that's what it costs. It's really not expensive. And just close the doors on all the crap, all the day to day and just say, right, phones away, guys. Like guests can wait for a few hours. We're going to close the doors here and we're just going to focus on our business. Mm. And it was really useful to um, give Jenna and Danielle a bit of a company update to share some of our statistics to show them um, some of the successes that that we've been having over the last few months, but also um, some of the challenges that we've been facing. Um, and I think it's really useful for them to see that because they can understand the context of that they're working in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because sometimes it, it's very hard to see, not that they don't see the whole picture, but sometimes the challenges that we are facing, you know, with interest rates, with everything else that's going on, you know, sometimes it gives them context for how and why we want to push direct bookings and, you know, things like that and strategies to improve our direct bookings as well, because obviously that has a real uh, direct financial impact for us if we convert more of those. There's one particular statistic that I'm particularly fixated on, if you Mm. like, and I think the reason I, I like it is because I think it shows you the real true bottom line story of how your units are performing Mm, and how your business is performing and you know you'll see this on facebook forums you'll see this on social media a lot of hosts will hide behind vanity figures of gross revenue bookings amount that doesn't tell you anything and you know actually we were almost surprised ourselves i I was really surprised actually revenue is up but you would expect that because we've just added a new hotel into the mix and you know we've had a a, you know a nice buoyant summer and you know so revenue is all moving in the right direction but the statistic i'm talking about something called rev par which is revenue per available room and what that essentially does is it looks at the income that you've brought in for an individual unit whether that be a room or an apartment just something that you're listing on on a booking site and it 
imagines, if you like, that the way that you generated that income was by booking it for every single night of the month, so, so 30 nights or 31 nights. So say, for example, if one of the units are bought in just freeze of numbers, five grand for the whole of the month, it wouldn't yeah. have been 100% occupied. But the way you work it out was as if it was as five grand. Was. Okay, And yeah. that gives you an almost an average daily rate had it been 100% occupied. Yeah. And what that does is it allows you, first of all, to compare apples with apples. So when you're looking at how different units are performing in relation to each other, um, that is uh, much more possible when you use that statistic yeah. rather than revenue and, and things like that. But it also allows you, more importantly, to track progress over time and to compare let's say this summer to last summer, for example, which is one of the things that we were looking at. And although our revenue is up, it did it did mask the fact that actually our rev par is actually slightly down on a few of our units, mm. isn't it? Which down from last year, isn't it? Down from last yeah. year. This time last year, as a comparison, they were earning slightly more rev par than they are this year. Now, that could be down to two reasons, or likelihood is a bit of both. It could be because occupancy was higher last year, or it could be because nightly rate was higher last year. Yeah, Chances are it's probably a bit of both. Because yeah, we've obviously got the impact of um, cost of living crisis, which has probably impacted our leisure stays, um, potentially more than our, our business stays. So that would have had an impact over the summer. People are just being more cautious perhaps about traveling, you know, just perhaps optimizing when they go away. They may not have two weekends away, they may just have the one. And, you know, I think it is like you say, you can't pin it on any one thing. It is a combination. You can't, but, but I prefer, I guess the reason for bringing it up with the team is I, I like to focus on things that we have control over. Yeah. And so, yes, all of that is true, but also we need to reflect on, okay, do some of our units need a bit of a spruce up? You know, do, do mm -hmm. they need a bit of a freshen up and a redecorate um, so that they stand out again in the listings? Do we need to, to mix up the listings a little bit? Do we need to freshen things mm -hmm. up? We've been looking at our pricing to see are there adjustments we need to make to our pricing and yeah. our pricing policy. And actually, Danielle did make a good point, didn't she? She said that um, she had, because she does mix up the listings a bit more now, and she said she had noticed that when she does do that, we, we do get a booking in that unit. So I think, like you say, it's really important to not hide behind. I'm, I'm very guilty of that, aren't I? I'm always saying, oh, we've got X. And then when you drill down into it, we've actually, you know, we've still got X, but perhaps not as big an X as I I mean, you, you like to quote the top line figure, yeah. I mean, don't you, about the income? And it's just, it, it, it's not that, it's not that, you know, I don't care about that. It's just not of much interest. It doesn't tell me anything yeah. necessarily. Yeah. You know, you could have, you could have a really high gross revenue, but if your costs are through the roof and you're not running the model efficiently, then you could be less profitable than someone who has a lower revenue, total revenue. <laughs> it's about profitability yeah. at the end of the day. That's really what this game is all about yeah it? and also i think by you doing the statistics it wasn't you weren't looking at statistics for the well the, for the whole portfolio but you actually drilled down into individual units and i think the really useful thing that it pulled out is that previously you said oh we're at like i don't know 20 percent direct bookings but actually when you looked at it on an individual basis we're not at that. F mm. We're at that for the whole portfolio, but actually, that's heavily weighted towards the Madison, mm. which has very high direct bookings, and that takes a vast percentage of that. Which means actually, our figure for direct bookings for all the rest yeah. are actually a lot lower than we thought. That's the thing. I mean, you need to look at both sides of the the coin. You've got to look at how your portfolio is performing across the board, um, and and that's 
that's not a bad thing if there are certain units that are performing well and they might be buoying up others, but you can't afford to have dead wood in the portfolio mm. either. And if that's being masked by another property that's not, you know, that's that's carrying more than its fair share, then we need to address that. Mm. And it's given us some really good action points, yeah. isn't it, I think? And that's why I like it is because it's um, – it's it's not there's no vanity in it at all if anything it, it makes you take a good hard look at how you're doing and how the business is doing um rather than sort of force you fool yourself into a full yeah. sense of security yeah. no it was a really good exercise and and one like you say that we've all got our own separate action points to yeah. take away from for the main reason really that we wanted to get together or the main theme for this particular uh, managers meeting we did allude to we did talk to about it a little bit last week in the podcast was to really focus on our vision and and, mm. to, and try and create this cohesive brand vision we, we broke down into three areas didn't we we looked at the the overall vision of our company we looked at our values yeah. and then we looked at our service offering mm. Um, and that was a really, really useful exercise. I think it was great to get Danielle and Jenna's input into yeah, that. definitely. But the main goal for this is to make sure that from a marketing perspective, we're instantly recognizable across all channels. Yeah. Because we, you know, we do all the right things. We have all of the right um, component parts, if you like. We've got our social media. We've got our email marketing. We've got our direct booking website. We've got all of this. But, you know, does that pull together into a, a cohesive, mm. recognizable brand. No, I wouldn't say that it does. Yeah. So we're looking at that both from, from a marketing and aesthetics point of view, but also thinking about where, how our service is communicated. You know, what is our, what is our message and making sure that that message is then consistent through all of our communications, both direct with customers, through social media, et cetera. And that's, I, I think that the outcome of that is gonna be really, really useful mm. so that our, our message suddenly is really impacting directly on our target market. Because we did say, didn't we, that the issues that we tend to get outside of just, you know, every now and then just, yeah, something breaks, maintenance, yeah. whatever it might be, outside of that, the only issues we really tend to get is when there's a mismatch between the needs of the person booking yeah. and the, the the property and the service. And the yeah. more that we can make sure that our service right from the get-go is perfectly matched and, and, and is reaching the people mm. that want exactly what we're providing, that's going to make a massive difference to our reviews and therefore our yeah. revenue. So this isn't Again, this isn't just a vanity measure of you know right you know let, let, let's let's come up with this um, highfalutin value statement and vision thing that we never go back to and it just sits in a drawer somewhere. This is about making sure that our message is clear to all of our customers, mm. right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And and you know that was highlighted in a a guest review from Eaton House, wasn't it? Where the guest clearly thought they were staying in a hotel, and obviously it is a a part hotel, if you like, but we don't offer that hands-on or helicopter host mm. approach that other hotels do. Um, so you've already gone and changed the listing, haven't you? So yeah. it is now Eaton House, not yeah. Eaton House Hotel, because therefore people will now hopefully look at that and think, oh, actually, I'm not going to get my bed changed every day. I'm not going to get somebody there to meet and greet me and point me in the direction mm. of the lift. So, yeah. I was going to ask you about that helicopter hosting. Yeah. There's an idea you came up with, trademarked, guys, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's um, copyrighted and trademarked. No, joking aside, um, helicopter hosting, I think, was a really good 
good term to describe because where we were at is that we used to with our marketing we used to basically wage war on hotels mm. you know we we wanted to really juxt to juxt i can't talk juxtaposition create a juxtaposition yeah. between our offering as a service department operator versus what you'd get in a hotel yeah. but the trouble is we now operate hotels albeit in a very different way yeah. so we can't sort of overtly start waging war on hotels when our hotels are a big part of our operation so we sort of started to look down the road actually it's more the model isn't it it's the yeah. model of delivery that's different and you came up with this term helicopter hosting yeah we're not a helicopter host what does that mean well we don't pester bother our guests some guests just want to come in let themselves in they don't have to worry about reception being closed picking up a key from somewhere um, I know when we travel to places where we've got to sort of coordinate with the host, it's a nightmare because sometimes the, the person who's got the key and, and then they want to have a little chat. And, yeah. You just basically want to get into your room and head down, really, don't you? So it's it's the fact that we offer all those these services, but without pestering you constantly. But what um, I thought was really quite clever about it, though, was the fact that you're reframing what some people come to us with as a negative. So mm. occasionally we get it mentioned in reviews, and again, it's usually where just they haven't, maybe we have to reflect on ourselves, we haven't communicated clearly enough what this is, but they're expecting staff at the facility, they're expecting a reception, they're expecting to be able to talk to somebody in person when something isn't right in their room, and we don't yeah. operate like that. Which is good, like you say, because then you don't have to queue to get in, exactly. you don't have to queue to check out. You turn it into a positive, yeah. and that's why I thought it was really clever that we're reframing it, say, look, we don't helicopter hose, we're not going to be just swarming around you, and so we're, we're taking the negative and turning it into a positive mm. and saying that we're all about convenience, we're all about um, letting you do your own thing, having your own front door, you know, we're there if you need us, we've got a really friendly team are on hand. Yeah, but I, I think Jenna summed it up as well, as she came up with this really good phrase saying, stay your way. Yeah. It's exactly. a stay, but you stay the way you want to stay. Yeah. So it's really useful. It's very productive. Um, it's it's going to create an undercurrent, I think, that runs all of our marketing, all of our guest messaging. We're going to be reviewing all of that stuff mm. to make sure that it is now really on point yeah. with our brand message. So that was a really useful couple of hours. And, you know, I think if you don't take the time to, to step out of the day to day and focus on the business, you you can really you know run yourself down some rabbit holes yeah, that are difficult absolutely. to come back from. So it was a really enjoyable yeah, session, it was wasn't good. it? It's yeah. very good. And yeah. the millionaire short rep was great. <laughs> <laughs>Okay, it's time to introduce a new regular feature to the pod called At Your Service. This is when we chat to another service accommodation host about their business. It only seems fitting that our first host should be Nikki Smith. You may remember that Nikki was listener of the week a few episodes back. Nikki is the founder and owner of both a property investment company, Mr. and Mrs. Smith Developments Limited, and now a service accommodation company, Glasswing Stays. She's been in the industry purchasing, renovating and letting properties for nearly four years now, and Glasswing was born out of a love of people. After trying multiple investment strategies, she has to say that service accommodation is her favorite, so mm -hmm. we haven't managed to put her off, which is great. Mm, that's good. <laughs> uh, Nikki owns and operates multiple properties over the South and West Yorkshire region, and her main market tends to be work stays, but she's also branching out and looking to purchase her first holiday let property in Whitby very soon. Should we get Nikki on? Oh, let's do it. Can't wait.
Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you too? Really good. Yeah, it's nice to see you properly because I sort of I I I I photo bombed. Is that the right phrase? I video bombed ah. one of your one of your um. That's right. One of your calls. Yeah, I sort of dipped is. in and dipped out. But this is official now, isn't it? This is. Yeah. <laughs> We should say welcome back to the podcast, of course, because you have uh, a very well. You've been a listener of the week. You very kindly left us a voice note in the past. So, yeah. um, as we said in the intro, it's only fitting, I think, that you're our first guest on at your service. Oh, I'm so, on it. So, welcome, so, welcome. Thanks. So how are things going for you? Are you winning? Are you losing? How are things going? Um, well, mostly winning. I mean, we had. Uh, I'm quite new to the game, as you know. Um, and we launched um, probably our second uh, service accommodation unit in July. Yeah. July and August were rammed. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, September's been a bit painful, a bit slow, and like got me a little bit. God, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Um, so you know, I've just been hitting the direct sales and trying to refresh the listings all the time and just kind of try and plug it and um, just getting involved with people on social media as much as I can get the, the word out in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> a bit of a lull in September though, can't yeah, you? Yeah, schools of, have gone back. Schools have gone back. People have spent all their money on the holidays. We've obviously, you know, we've been lulled into a full sense of security with the leisure market to a certain extent, although August for us yeah. was actually a bit slow, bizarrely. Yeah, it was slow. Um, I think the weather didn't help, to be to be honest. Help. I think a lot of our, our units are similar to yours. They're quite working, stay-based. So actually, some of ours have had a yeah. really good September, yeah. really solid. Others a little bit slow to get going, like, like like you say. So I think that's kind of part of the normal. I expected. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought I was surprised that I got as many leisure stays as I did in July and August because I was primarily going to be work stays. So I was like, maybe we're going to get loads of you know leisure and work. Sorry, the dog's just deciding to say hello down the bottom. Here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and then obviously I thought all oh, September will come and everybody's going back to work. It'll be fine, but no, it's just yeah. it's just been quite slow. So and I've had a bit of a nightmare with Booking dot com. Oh, oh, well we've been <laughs> there. On that one, more stories on that front. I'm sure. Yeah, you've been caught up in the same thing we have, haven't you? I think. Well, just not so much not paying me, but um, more more now that I'm not visible. Something on their software oh, no. keeps stopping the listing being visible. Um, and it's the minimum stay from arrival part. And yeah. my God, if I haven't been on that phone every day to booking.com just to try and get them to stop the software doing it. Yeah. It's, it's just like a constant hamster wheel going around, talking to different people, having to explain the story again, getting them to take it off only for it to reappear a few days later. And then it's right. not visible anymore. It's yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that's had an effect on my, on my bookings. Cause I was getting quite a lot through booking.com. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your percentage sort of Airbnb and Booking.com? Is it mostly Booking.com mostly that you've experienced? Booking. Yeah, to start, well, like I say, it's not been going that long, but probably out of the bookings that we'd had in July and August, a good 70% were Booking.com. Yeah, yeah. So it's, for a very, me not to be visible. it's a very glitchy platform. It's, um, you know, you, you do have to keep an eye on your listings on, on booking.com. They do randomly change things. They so. dip out and maybe they have some sort of software update that throws things out every now and then. So we quite often find that suddenly, you know, we've had a booking for a same day check-in or something like that, that we absolutely know that we didn't have that setting ticked. But, you know, randomly it seems to get removed. Yeah, so it's it worthwhile checking. It's quite glitchy. 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll be checking that again today, tomorrow. Just sort of probably have to get on the phone again and say, can you please take that off because it's stopping me be visible. So I'm I'm sure that's unfortunately had an effect. So yeah. what do you do sure to get over I'm that? Sure, I'm sure you'll get it sorted. It's just uh, we know what it's like trying to deal with um, customer services in Booking.com, and you just go round and round the houses. So uh, yeah, yeah it's a frustrating process. Yeah, we've, we've got cool. we've got two questions that we want to ask you specifically <laughs> yeah. in this feature. So. Um, we're going to rattle those off now and see see what you've got for oh us. Oh my god, I'm scared. The, the, the first question. Can, can I ask the first okay, question? Yeah. So the first question is, what is your favourite thing about being a host? Ooh, my favourite thing, probably the reason why I wanted to do service accommodation, is dealing with people. I actually quite mm. like them, <laughs> funnily enough, <laughs> which kind of helps. Um, so my, my background's it'll a lot change, of change. That'll wear off. Yeah. Oh, God. I'll come I'm a bit like years time and go, uh, don't like people. <laughs> yeah. I think my line was last week on the podcast is I want to learn to love people again. You did, yeah, you did say that. Yeah, but but like you, I I love the whole interaction with people yeah. and wanting yeah. to help people, as I'm sure you do. So, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's nice to... Uh, I don't know whether people might think I'm being nosy, but I just like to know the backstories and why they're coming to stay and what they're doing when they're with us. And, yeah. you know, and, and then from that, I can, I usually leave like a little gift in the house or even just a card saying, good luck doing this or, you know, well yeah. done doing that. And I hope you have a good time doing that. You know, just little things I like I like to do, which hopefully makes them yeah. feel more welcome and, and, um, and yeah. settle in faster. So, yeah, I, yeah, I quite like people. The personal, personal touches you're you're quite good at that aren't yeah. you? sort of like how we personalize stays and it's quite interesting to like think about how you will continue to do that as you grow I know you're you've got yeah. plans to grow and take on more units and I find it sort of interesting to think how can we keep that personal service going even when you've got it's all right when you've got sort of one property that's your baby and and, and, yeah. and you're really you know you know everybody that's staying there but once you've got multiple yeah, units and you don't hard. know who some of the guests are it becomes a little bit more difficult I think but I think ultimately the reason behind you doing it and like you say is because you like people is that it's the benefit of it really is the fact that you want to value your guests. So yeah. value, giving value can be scalable, a bit like mm. the value we give with experiences and things like that. So it may be the case that you really know your area mm. and what goes on in your area. So the value that you give perhaps moving forward and scaling is yeah. the opportunity for people to be able to dip into your knowledge, perhaps remotely, to be able to tap into those sorts of things yeah. and perhaps being able to offer upsells. But that whole scalable mm. thing is is a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that is the beauty as well about being in service accommodation is you find out all sorts of things that are going off within the, the local area that you would never have known about um, previously. There's all sorts of things that, you know, since opening the one that we have, um, that, you know, all sorts of, do you even know that Barnsley have a fashion week? <laughs> <laughs> My that God. Sounds like, that sounds like a contradiction in terms. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> We do. We have a fashion week and it's like um, 23rd to the 28th of October. So I've kind of collaborated with the team at Barnsley Fashion Week to try and right. so I'm an official accommodation sponsor. Oh, I love it. Well done, you. <laughs> yeah, I just need to get somebody to come and stay now. <laughs> Yeah. oh that is such a good idea <laughs> isn't it idea. Yeah, yeah well done and you do it's funny because um one of the the attractive things about service combination is it's quite often 
possible to do it a little bit closer to where you live than maybe yeah. other property strategies, for example, where you've had to travel the country yeah, to find the right true. deals. Um, but you do have to look at the the area again through a totally different lens, don't you? You think you know yeah. a place because you live there, but when yeah. you look at it through a guest's eyes, like you say, suddenly you're like, oh, I never realised we did this. I didn't realise this place existed. And, yeah. you know, it's actually... Yeah, you, you there's been all sorts totally going on. Perspective. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoy that part of it. And I like it, like I say, because I like to meet people. I like, you know, I had all the Barnsley Fashion Week people come over to the house and they did like a, a reel and, you know, it, it's, so it's been really good to just get out there and meet people. So that's what I like doing most of, definitely. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. That's why I wanted to do this feature as well, because it's, you know, whenever you speak to other hosts and, and other operators, you're always just picking up li- little nuggets. And even yeah. as you're talking there, I'm thinking, that's a really good Yeah, idea. me too. <laughs> we could be the official accommodation sponsor. That's really good. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be listeners doing the same thing. Yeah, and that's really good. Okay, really other, good. Other, other side of the coin then. I don't want to bring the mood down, but we're all about the highs and lows on this podcast, let's face it. So that's what you love about hosting. Let, let, let's do our own equivalent of room 101 here so what is it that really grinds your gears about being a host well i mean <laughs> there has been the occasion is it, when, um, is it people by any chance no well <laughs> it, it is at the end of the day it is. <laughs> <laughs> and what they do or don't yeah. do um but yeah i must say that obviously even though it's service accommodation and we are here as hosts, we are still like a small business. And so every, you know, penny counts because <laughs> we're running a business at the end of the day. And then um, what does tend to get on wires a little bit is uh, when people don't exactly declare when they might be bringing a little fluffy animal. Yeah. Or, oh, really? <laughs> or they might have extra people in there sleeping in the beds that they didn't really tell me were going to be there. So they might have booked for the minimum amount of guests before, obviously, we charge a surcharge, which would be three. And then I've found, like, all beds have been slept in. So that's annoying. Um, and it's only a small charge. It's not like it's going to break the bank, but obviously it helps us be able to clean them and do the linen and it costs us extra to do that and make an extra bed and clean the extra bed and you know it's it's all and obviously the mess in the house if there's more people in there it's just an extra cost to us that has to be really you know paid for so it is a bit annoying but it's frustrating when it's like some people like occasionally genuinely might make a mistake or they don't realize not familiar with the process or what have you but when you get the sense that it's it's willful like and it's entitled someone is deliberately trying to um yeah circumnavigate or or, or get a, get a get a sneaky deal yeah. or, or whatever then that's when it's frustrating yeah. it? because you know we're almost in a lose-lose situation there because then when we try and like enforce the law as it were and say look you know it was in our terms and conditions or it was clear on your listing that this would be the case mm-hmm. we come across as the the bad guys the yeah. hosts and, and and then you know we're always then juggling well you know how much do i really um be firm with this because i know they're going to leave me a shitty review and that's the thing isn't know, it yeah really difficult isn't it we are yeah, quite get, vulnerable to that yeah you, you sort of always you know kid gloves with everything because you don't want to pee somebody off in case they make a crazy review yeah. on your on your you know and your listing and then that's a nightmare in itself but yeah. yeah yeah I wouldn't mind though the thing is with us is that we do accept pets so you know that's yeah. fine bring your bring your dog I mean we only accept one dog 
you yeah. know that. So, but we've had people turn up with two. We've had people turn up with dogs and not tell me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it's uh, but it's just just be honest. It's and it's not like a massive fee, and it'd still be cheaper than probably putting your dog in a kennel for a, yeah. a few weeks. Yeah. So and I think I think most you know responsible pet owners, if you like, would expect to have to pay something towards that and they appreciate yeah. that there might be additional cleaning required and that sort of thing so yeah. um yeah it is it is frustrating when people try and just slip through the cracks like that i think mm-hmm. what got me most cross once was at meadowcott when um we left out a doggy basket with little blanket and treats and a guest walked off with a whole lot no it's not like, the whole it's, lot let me say the whole lot is like it's not saying, well, help yourself to a bit. This is a, 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 a big formal, basket. Like it's a, it's a basket and it's got like a bowl in there and it's got stuff that you might have forgotten or um, something that you therefore don't yeah. need to bring with you. We provide it. Basically, we have a little thing with like poo bags in there and all this sort of stuff. And they literally lifted the, the, the hamper up and, and took it home. I mean, you, know, you could possibly they... get them taking the poo bags, but not the whole. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, that's it. It's, it's kind of. You, you you think it's fairly self-explanatory that it's like help yourself to what you need and then you know for your stay kind of thing but no they they, oh, they, wow, they are finished <laughs> with the whole thing basically and left us with nothing so uh, yeah no i think it got lost in the comms i think i think that one unfortunately didn't get reported in time and then you, you're struggling to work out which, which guest, guest ultimately walked off with it and stuff which is um yeah which is why these things need to get reported straight away otherwise it's very difficult to mm. enforce it yeah cost of doing business i guess well i think there are lots of people listening to this that will empathize with uh, both of your your reasons <laughs> your positive reasons of being involved and your 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 frustrations but we wanted to try one more thing with you if that's okay before we let you go it's uh it's a new it's a new game we want to play we're calling it hosting hot seat and basically we're going to put you in the hot seat we've got some quick fire this or that questions for you you've got to try and i'd be if i was on the receiving end of this i can't give a straight answer to anything but you've got to try and answer in one word with little to no explanation so we've got three of these i don't have to explain it because i was out there all day going why did i say that As long as now you'll you'll pick one, and after the call you'll be going. Oh no, I should have said the other one. All right, yeah. no, there's no right or wrong answer. We're just interested to know your opinion. So, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. First one is linen related. So, linen, hire or buy? Buy. Okay. Getting into the property, lockbox or smart lock? Lockbox. Okay. Good. I'm desperate to ask why, but. <laughs> <laughs> And then the last one, Airbnb or Booking.com? Ooh, Airbnb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have to go back. Uh, lockbox or Smart Lock? Why did you say Lockbox? Lockbox, well, probably because we don't have multiple rooms in a unit yet. We're not quite at that point. Yeah. If we were in that point, then I probably would have a Smart Lock digital affair. But it just works where we are, um, yeah. and it's just a you know we're running houses at the moment, so they they just literally let themselves in. It works, no hassle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure you can ever fully do away with them. We have a lot of smart locks, obviously in our multi-unit blocks and hotels, but even then we're installing backup lock boxes, aren't we? Because yeah. 
Ooh. you know, the smart locks are brilliant, but on that one occasion when they, they blip out or it might be user error, yeah. whatever it is, to be able to just direct them to a lockbox and get a key out solves you so much yeah. hassle. In, in yeah, this. yeah, definitely. Sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it, some sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Nikki, thank you so thank much you, for Mickey, jumping on the you. podcast. Really Love appreciate it. Lovely to hear from you and best of luck with your... Oh, yeah, before we let you go, how can people follow what you're up to? Let us know about your socials. Oh, right. So we are on Instagram. Um, I've got... Well, I'm on Instagram in three guises, really, as myself. And there's Glasswing Stays, at Glasswing Stays, at Mr and Mrs Smith Developments, which is our property investment company. Glasswing Stays is the service accommodation company. And obviously just old Nikki Smith. Well, not old. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> well will those be on the show notes yeah we'll stick those okay. in the show notes i want to have that as well but uh nikki right. thank you so much thank really you nikki it. enjoy bye. the rest of your day thank you take care bye bye that was really great to hear from nikki wasn't oh it? it was so lovely yeah so nice so if good. you have a holiday let or a serviced accommodation business and you want to come and tell us about it on the podcast, just send us a DM over on Instagram at Secret Service Podcast. It would be great to hear from you. And you never know, we might be able to get you live on the pod. I would love it, actually, because um, obviously they're going to be dotted around the country. So it gives me the opportunity to talk motorway story and services. I thought you were going to, I thought you were sort of pitching for invites to go and stay everybody. Well, obviously that too, yeah. So we had a lovely catch up this morning, didn't we, with one of our long-standing angel investors. Yeah, and he's not talking about the breakfast, although that was really nice, very good catch up. The breakfast was, oh, it was just really good, wasn't it? Goat's cheese and spinach, mushroom goat's cheese and spinach on uh, on a toasted on a toasted roll. Yeah, it's really nice. Really yeah, anyway, yeah, anyway, bye-bye. Um, yeah, no, it's really nice to catch up. We haven't caught up with her for a while. She was one of our very first... Oh, she's lovely, um, yeah. Like, I guess... So, okay, let's rewind. Let's rewind. What is an angel investor? We haven't talked too much about angel investors on the podcast so far, although they are absolutely instrumental are, yeah. to where we are now and, and how we've reached this point. How would you describe an angel investor? So anyone that is listening to this, what what is an angel investor in really simple terms? Um, so an angel investor is somebody that brings private finance to our business. Um, they t we only ever work with friends and family. We we don't go out touting for business at all. We just work no, with- I would, if, Obviously, if there are any billionaires listening to this who want to <laughs> I wouldn't be averse to the conversation. But, but no, it, it's people that we know, that people who like, know, and trust us. Yeah, I and I think that's, that's hugely important because way back at the beginning of our journey, um, it's a case that obviously we're running this business and this business generates good cash flow. But it's not just about that. It's about helping other people along the way. And yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, we've helped so many people with extra income that have sort of facilitated changes in their lifestyle, be it they want to retire early. They know they can because they've got a regular income with the investment they have with us. So an angel investor is somebody that um, wants to work with you yeah. and understands your business. I think, you yeah, know, they essentially, they don't need to understand our business really, do they? But they, no, but they know what we're doing. In us as people. I think you're mm. really good at that, uh, building that sort of relationship and, and, um, and keeping investors in the loop with our projects and what's going on. But, but yeah, essentially that's what it is. And an angel investor is someone who knows, likes, and trusts you. Certainly that's been our approach. All of our angel investors have grown from our 
close and personal network mm. of friends and family. And it's really someone that has some um, money sitting in the bank that's, um, well, with current inflation rates is actually eroding away in front of their eyes mm. and wants to invest in our business for a return. Yeah. And um, that's obviously helps us. That helps us grow and it helps us scale. But also, like you said, we've got so many case studies, examples of where we are genuinely helping people that um, – I wouldn't say that like rely on the income, but certainly benefit from the income yeah. and we help them um, make their money go further, don't yeah. we? Yeah. So it's a real win-win scenario. Um, so we had a catch up with one of our angel investors this morning um, and she was one of our first angel investors, I guess, um, again, sort of growing out from our network. She was introduced to us yeah. by, by a, a good friend of ours who was also investing. Um, but in that sense, we didn't know her prior to yeah. speaking to her about investment i went down to surrey didn't i to go and meet with her in a garden center and we had a lovely but even then this doesn't have to be scary guys was you know i wasn't going down there to do some sort of formal business pitch i went down there to talk passionately about what we were doing to explain the opportunity that we have for investors to come on board and um you know she was uh, very keen to get involved and has since grown her investment with yeah, us yeah. Uh, almost year on year really um, and is keen to continue to do so. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is because it's, you know, we're not some sort of soulless bank that you put your money in or an ice or anything else like that. They, they actually enjoy following our journey. And, you know, since we've worked with this investor, our strategy has changed mm. and, um, you know, we have grown. And I think there is that element of, oh, you know, I, it's been part of the journey, isn't yeah. it? It's been part of that journey, which is so nice. Most of our investors loan um, to us or to us as a business. And so they're not necessarily um, invested in any particular bricks and mortar no. or anything like that. But they, as you said, they, they like to be involved. They like to be kept up to speed. Mm. And, and some of our investors almost sort of vicariously yeah. live through us, I think. Maybe they're not in a position to do some of the things that, that, that we're doing, but they love to feel that they've got yeah. a part in it and they, they like to get those sort of updates. Yeah. Um, but I think... Yeah, I think sometimes people maybe look at what we're doing, how quickly we've scaled, um, you know, the, 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 the fact that we're now purchasing and renovating hotels and things mm. like that. And they might be thinking, how on earth are these, you know. Did their numbers come up? Yeah, <laughs> Trust exactly. me, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. Sometimes, you know, I do wonder whether people are looking and thinking, oh, it's all right for those guys. They, they got loads loaded. of money. Yeah. Whereas in reality, you know, a lot of the scale that we've been we've managed to achieve has been using other people's money, um, but providing them with a fantastic return, mm. something that they wouldn't even get close yeah. to achieving in a bank, whilst also helping us to achieve yeah. our goals. And it's one of the parts of what we do that um, I think I was particularly apprehensive about when we first started out. And if I'm honest, I think we did everything we could to avoid asking friends and family to loan money to us yeah, because did, of, yeah. I guess, perceptions that w that we all have and that society has created for us to a certain extent around debt yeah. and owing people money. But when you change your mindset to money, and that's what a lot of this is about, and you understand that there's good debt and there's bad debt, and it's about leveraging that debt to create uh, an income stream and to also generate a fantastic return to people that you genuinely yeah. care about. That for me has now become one of the things about what we do that I most enjoy. Yeah, and it's also, you know, an investor turns around and says, "Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Thank yeah. you for thinking of me." You suddenly think, "Oh, actually, yeah," but because we do offer a really good return, and you know, it 
it enables them to do things perhaps you know they might put it in a holiday fund they might do this they might do that but you know for them it is yeah it's on those early it's, days yeah. when it felt a little bit like you know begging bowl in hand kind of yeah. exercise whereas now like you say we've got people who in fact give us a royal kick up the backside if we try and pay their money back right and they're like come yeah. on you need to go and find yourself another yeah. hotel come on <laughs> you know we're enjoying these returns get out yeah. there and uh, find something else to do so um i just thought it would be useful given you know that's what the podcast is about documenting what we've been up to and we're, we're just back off of a, a catch up with uh, and and again i mean that catch up we probably spent bearing in mind this isn't someone that we knew before she started investing with us how long did we spend talking about our property business and about the financial side i reckon 10, Five, minutes, 10 minutes out of two hours you know we we, we we've made new friends yeah you know we, yeah. we we get to keep in touch with people that otherwise maybe we wouldn't have done colleagues of yours from mm. who maybe have retired and what have you and we're still in touch with them and you know we genuinely enjoy catching up with with our investors yeah. and you know even when we're looking to raise money for a new project, a lot of that is about, you know, catching up with people, barbecues, coffee shops, cake, you know. Food theme again, Mark. Does, Food does theme again. Well, really, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But we're not trying to be something we're not. People hopefully come on board with us because, you know, uh, of our integrity and they know us and they, they trust us and they can see what we're doing on social media. And, um, yeah, it's it's not as scary as it no. might seem from the outside but it does allow you to scale. scale and grow in a way that if you were just trying to use whatever small pot of funds you may have um is going to take so much longer yeah and, and quite often it's not the fact that this is our only source quite often we say well quite often it's a case of well we can borrow from the banks that's absolutely not a problem but we would much rather give you the return than the bank which is 100% true. Absolutely. It's, it's a great line to use with an investor. But it's true. It totally shifts the emphasis from, please, can I borrow your money to actually, we've got this fantastic opportunity, but it's 100% true. Like we can get 100% bridging. I mean, you're going to pay through the nose for yeah. it, but we can fund these yeah. deals. Our brokers are pretty awesome, but we would genuinely much rather that that money went to Friends. a family member, family. a friend, who you know we can work with and potentially might want to then reinvest on the next deal and that sort of thing we'd much rather that um, definitely and even when we secure bridging and what have you you know it's nice to have that in your back pocket but then we'll do everything we can not to use it yeah absolutely yeah okay so that's a wrap for episode 18. good grief that's gone quickly isn't it that has actually yeah so cliffhangers for this week we don't really have a cliffhanger the, all i would say is um next week we haven't talked about this yet on the podcast but next week so this week we were sampling the catering over uh, at, uh, Room i know where you're going with this now next week we have a net game club event a uh, special residential retreat at our holiday uh, home in the new forest and we are going to be, I guess, test driving one of our new forest experiences. Oh, this is going time. to be so good. So it's going to be a private chef experience Fiona with Fiona Hill. Um, and I have been told, I haven't told Mark this, I know what the menus are and they sound scrumptious. I did try and get it out of you, but you wouldn't tell me what it was. Yep. 
Anyway, continuing the, the food theme <laughs> um, that seems to have come through on the podcast today, we will be um, sampling some, hopefully, some delicious food. She's doing breakfast, she's doing lunches, she's doing cooking dinners where she yeah. prepares the meals for us. So I can't wait. I've never had a sort of private chef experience like that. So that's the cliffhanger. Um, will it be as delicious as we're expecting it to be? Yeah. And um, if so, then that'll be something that we'll be pushing out to all In fact, can we take, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to take some photos and put them out on the... the yeah, let's do it. I'm um, rubbish at remembering to do Yeah, we're too. really bad at that, really sorry. So hopefully we'll get some photos and pop them on Instagram for yeah, people to see. Absolutely. We'll do our we'll do our very own food review next yeah, week Yeah, that'd be good. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Please, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe or follow wherever you are listening to this. Just make sure that you don't miss an episode and tell your friends about it. Guys, if you could share on socials, that would be amazing. Leave us a quick review. This is all about trying to help other people discover the pod too. So thank you so much for listening. Or oh, don't forget, if you do want to get in touch, leave us a DM or even a voice note or even a video over on Instagram at Secret Service Pod. Podcast. If you don't want to leave a video, that's absolutely fine. Just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. We've been discovering lots of new listeners actually this week to the podcast. It's lovely to hear yeah. that there are people out there listening to this and getting value. Thanks again. Thank you, everybody. We will catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye.